Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, hey, Freedom Church, it is good to be with you today as we start off our new series called Renew. And um, I I love the idea of this new series. It's going to be an opportunity for us to understand the God that makes all things new. That phrase, behold, I make all things new. The purpose of Renew is that we want to rediscover the God who rebuilds and revives and makes everything new. That's a good message to hear right now, isn't it? God is a God who makes all things new. And when you're looking at the biblical characters of Zerubbabel, you know Zerubbabel, and Ezra and Nehemiah, and we're going to be looking at those stories to learn that no one is so far from God that they cannot be restored or redeemed. That's the message today. He specialised. This is God's like party trick. He specialised in taking broken people and finding new hope for them, to renew them, to restore them, to reform them into something beautiful. That's good, isn't it? So, so good. And so this week, we're going to talk about renewing our mind, to renew our mind. And I want to read to you uh, from the last book in the Bible. This is Revelation. And this was a dream that the, uh, the Apostle John had. And in this dream, he is seeing all kinds of images and visions. And he talks at this moment in Revelation chapter 21 about seeing a new heaven. So if you want to turn with me to Revelation 21, and I'm going to just read with you for a few moments this idea of seeing a new heaven and a new earth. So from verse 1 to verse 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And then the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. What an encouraging message of what the future holds. God is a God that makes all things new. Behold, I am making everything new. There will come a time there's no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more suffering, and God will make all things new. And I know in this season, it's been hard work. I know for us here at Freedom Church and those who've been on the team here and the volunteers and the staff team, to keep on recreating, to keep on thinking up new ideas, to keep on going, let's try different ways of running church, has been exhausting at times trying to get new ideas, go, let's, let's meet in online. Let's do a, 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 here we go, in a new studio, our third studio space we've used in these last 15 months. It's been challenging at times to meet with social distancing, uh, rule of six, 
um, to be able to not see family and friends, and then to kind of try church in these locations with people dotted around the area, watching online, watching our locations, but all together at the same time. It's been tiring to keep on creating new ideas. Creation and creating things is hard work, and it can be someone thinking, oh, I wish everything would just stay the same. Could everything just stay still for a moment? But God is a God who makes things new. And he is calling us to re- reflect him in the way that we operate here on this earth, that we make things new, that we renew and we renew our mind. It starts in our mind. You know, maybe you want to feel a bit like, oh, I can't cope with this earth. I can't cope with the stresses and strains of the life I'm in. I don't want any part of this. It's just tiring. It can be too much. I can't wait to get to heaven. Maybe as a Christian, you're thinking, oh, when we get to heaven, there'll be no more crying, no more pain. Great. Could we just do a fast track? Could we just kind of skip all the doing stuff here on earth? It's challenging. And escapology is never meant to be a Christian theology. We're here on earth at this time for a purpose. We're here to reflect the heart of God, to renew, to restore, to revive, to rekindle. And that's what we're going to talk about these next few weeks. Because our future is not in the future. Our future starts today. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to be his disciples, to be small Christs here on earth and to make a difference everywhere we go, to renew, to recreate, to restore, to revive, to renew our minds. And this message of renewal comes throughout scripture. In numerous texts, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it means anyone who belongs to Christ, has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. We're a new creation. Or in Isaiah 43, it says these words, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. See, God says, I am doing a new thing. God loves doing new things. He loves new ideas. Ephesians chapter 4, the writer there, Paul, says, Put on your new self. Like, a, like you're putting on your clothes, put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Or in Lamentations 3 says these words, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He is new every morning. Great God is your faithfulness. And I love particularly those verses in in Lamentations because it says that God is steadfast, he is reliable, he is fixed, he he is solid, and he's also new every morning. God is the God you can depend upon, and God is the God who loves creating new things. And there's that kind of paradox of this constant God who loves bringing change and refreshing and renewing and restoring. And that's what we're called to do, to live our lives like newborn children, to be innocent, to be hopeful, to be believing in something greater to come, to be renewing our mind. Our purpose for living is to live on purpose for today, for our Father God, to reflect the message of Jesus Christ to all those that we meet. He is the way, the truth and the life, that God is constant And he's always looking to bring transformation, to bring change. And we need to become more like him, to renew our minds, to change our perception of the circumstances we face at this time. 
A few weeks ago, many of us were watching the Wildfires Festival online. And maybe you were watching and you heard the evening, I think it was a Sunday evening, where Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 Prayer, had this word about being faithful or full of faith. And I found it such a great image. He said, it's so good to be faithful. He says, good to be people who are loyal and reliable, dependable. But he says, like you're on the back foot. You're on the back foot as a Christian. You're faithful, but you're staying still. He said, we're called to be full of faith, to be on the front foot, to be leaning forward going, God, what are you going to do today? And there is a place for being faithful. There's a place for being loyal and dependable. And there's a time for going, I want to be full of faith. I want to be ready for new things. God, would you bring renewal at this time? God can do it again. God has done it before. He will do it again. God will bring change. And although there's a place for being faithful, and I've been to many churches where there's lots of faithful people, but they tend to be dwindling in numbers and the churches tend to be shrinking and they're not reaching out to their communities. We need to be people who are saying, God, would you send your Holy Spirit afresh again? Can we be on our front foot, leaning forward, full of faith, saying, God, as we enter another season, would you fill us anew, we pray. Which brings us nicely onto the story of Ezra and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel. And you find this story in two books of the Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah. It's a real story, historical story of the people of Israel. But it's also a prophetic story. It helps us today to understand what God wants to do in our hearts to bring refreshing and renewal. So if a quick overview, if I can, the story of Israel. You know the story of Joseph and his technical dream coat, and he turns up in Egypt, and all of his family turn up as well. His 11 brothers all turn up, and the tribes of Israel are formed, and Joseph is a prime minister of, of Egypt at that time, and he's responsible for, for taking responsibility for the uh, famine at that time and sorting out all the food and helping people out. Well, 400 years go by, and the Israelites are no longer... Uh, presidents and prime ministers and with place of power and authority, they are now slaves to the Egyptian people. 400 years go by. Along comes Moses and he rescues the people of Israel, takes them out of slavery into the wilderness. They wander around for 40 years. Led by Joshua, they go into their promised land and they enter the promised land and everywhere they place their feet, they take the land for God and they, 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 they divvy up all the spoils, they take responsibility for the land, and then they appoint their first king, King Saul, and then King David, then King Solomon. The glory years were of the people of Israel, and things are going well. Everything they put their hand to works. And then it all goes a bit wrong. The, the kingdom of Israel gets split into two with Judah and the people of Israel, and the tribes separate, and they argue, and they're fighting. And eventually, after many, many years, about 600 BC, Along comes a Babylonian king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he ransacks Jerusalem and he smashes down the walls of Jerusalem. He, he desecrates the temple. He breaks the altar. He steals all the artifacts. He takes away all the goblets they'd use for, for the offerings and for the special occasions in the temple and takes them back to his palace. And not only does he take the precious belongings of the people of Israel, he also takes their future. He takes their, their teenage boys. He takes the boys that have got strength and possibilities. 
Remember the story of Daniel, Daniel and the lion's den, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He takes them all and he decides to take their young people, their future back to Babylon. And he leaves behind in Jerusalem, and this is the important point, he leaves behind a few people who are the ones that are not wanted. Maybe they are older, maybe they're less able, uh, maybe they have less authority or power or finances. They get left behind and in the place of Jerusalem. So 70 years go by. It's about 530 BC. And you've got, um, you've got the people of Israel left behind in Jerusalem. And you've got people who were taken to Babylon. And in this season, you've got people there who are desperate to go back to Jerusalem. And that's where the story of Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah will fall into place over the next few weeks. But while they're in exile, there is a prophecy by Jeremiah, the well-known prophet, that says in Jeremiah 25 that, that they will be in exile for 70 years. So they had 400 years of slavery. They had 40 years in the wilderness. And now Jeremiah is saying 70 years, you're going to be in exile in Babylon, but then you will come back. And it may be, he goes on to say, that maybe the promises have been broken, the hope has been crumbled, the, the community no longer exists, the walls have been damaged, but there will come a place of renewal and restoration. And the same way for you and for I. Maybe you feel like the promises have been broken. Maybe you feel like hope has been crumbled, that promises have been smashed, that community has been lost, that neighbourhood has been damaged, and the city is not what it used to be. But God is saying there's going to come a time where I'm going to fulfill, uh, uh, this earth will be renewed and you'll be renewed. And in Jeremiah later on, verse uh, 20, sorry, chapter 29, probably one of the most quoted verses of encouragement from Jeremiah 29, verse 11, is about God having plans for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope and a future. It's a great verse. But listen, that's the one verse in the whole of Jeremiah that is actually positive. Jeremiah is often known as the miserable prophet. He likes kind of moaning about things. And in Jeremiah 11, uh, 29, 11, you have this positive message. But 29 verse 10 comes before 29 verse 11. And in 29 verse 10, he tells you, you're going to go into exile. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be bad. But God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, give you a hope, give you a future. You know, days of disappointment lead to days of destiny. That's the story of the people of Israel and that could be our story today as well. You may feel disappointed but God has got a destiny for you. So we're going to be looking in the next three weeks at these three characters, Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah. Originally it was one book, one scroll, um, but then formed in two books, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And I'd encourage you to get hold of your Bible and to read those books. They're not very long and there's some great stories in there of Ezra, Nehemiah. And each one of those three characters, Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah, all have a very similar story. They were all sent by a Persian king back to Jerusalem where they'd come from. They were all, when they went back, were facing uh, opposition and they all end up with this very confusing outcome, which we'll discuss over the next few weeks. And they all went on the front foot full of faith. They went with possibility, they went with hope, they went with ambition. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, they received pushback from those who'd been there, who'd been left behind, those who were faithful. 
They say, we don't do it that way. It's not how it works. We like it the way it is. We like the broken walls. We're comfortable with the broken altar. We're comfortable with a desecrated temple. They'd become accustomed to what was normal. But Jeremiah uh, spoke these words of 70 years and then renewal is coming. And the people of faith who were full of faith, Ezra, Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, they came back and said, no, there's something new, something fresh, something different for each one of us. And that's my message to you today is you may feel like it's all a bit broken. It's all a bit difficult. It's all a bit challenging. I can't see anything changing. And I want us to be full of faith as Freedom Church and declare in a prophetic statement that it isn't going to be this way forever, that things are changing. Renewal is possible. And each one of these characters we'll look at will play their part in seeing the revival, the renewal of God's plan for his people. Zerubbabel is going to help us rekindle our worship our heart for worship through rebuilding the altar. Ezra will help revive the community and the understanding they had of God's word, that Nehemiah was going to restore the walls of the city and the place that they lived. So my challenge to you today as we set up this series of Renew is to understand that God ultimately wants to renew our hearts and our minds. He wants to renew my heart and my mind. And I think often our mind is the protector of the heart. We tell ourselves a story, we can't do that again, because if I believe that is possible, maybe I'll be hurt or disappointed, and our mind tells us what to do and not to do. And it stops us from experiencing renewal, because we tell ourselves that isn't possible. You know, we can listen to stories all day long. You listen to people like me preach all day long and nothing changes. You can read the word of God, the, the God-breathed scripture written thousands of years ago on a piece of paper right now or on an app and you can read it every single day and nothing changes. You can follow religious, well-meaning practices. You can do healthy routines and habits, really good stuff, but nothing really changes. You see, God doesn't want your activity. He doesn't want your energy. He wants your heart. He wants to be in a relationship with you, a relationship with me. He doesn't want us being busy doing church or doing nice things. He doesn't want our activity. He wants our heart. God wants to renew your heart. And it starts by changing our thinking. Ezekiel 11 says these words, I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender responsive heart instead. And again, Ezekiel the prophet repeats in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. My prayer for you and for me as Freedom Church is we people have a tender, responsive heart, a soft heart that has a heart after God. 
I want to be people that can declare like uh, David did in, in Psalm 51. Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? Would you renew a right spirit in me? Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Let me pray for us as I bring this to an end. Father God, I thank you that you are interested in every single person here on the face of the earth. You care about us. You care about our experience we're having today, the challenges we're facing, the disappointments we're facing. And I know that God, you are interested in our hearts. You want to be in a relationship with us. And Father, I want to say, Lord, you today, create in me, create in my brothers and sisters who are watching today and with us today, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, and restore, renew unto me a right spirit. Would we be right-spirited people, people who are full of faith, expect what you might do amongst us. And thank you, God, for the opportunity to do this together. We are not alone. You are with us. You've sent your Holy Spirit to be amongst us and with us. And we are together as your family in these different locations here and online. And But we know that we are in love and we are worshipping one God only. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to sharing with you more over the next few weeks about this uh, headline around the area of Renew. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.